0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Swift Kick in the Cast podcast. I'm Jeffrey Boyd. Real quick, <clears throat> I am an amateur kickboxer still in high school. I'm also holding down a part-time job. My goal here is to talk about MMA, kickboxing, and other forms of fighting events and news. I'm not the most intelligent fighter or analyst, but I'm trying my best to improve it with not only the podcasting platform, but with the analyzation of fights themselves. So, welcome to April 29th, 2019. We are... A Day or two days, really, how you look at it away from May. Um, yeah, May's a pretty exciting month, honestly, for fighting. We got a uh, UFC 238, I think it's 238. Is it 238 or 237? I can't remember. Um, that's gonna have Nami Yunus versus Andraj. Honestly, a fight, holy crap, that's a nightmare matchup for Nami Yunus, and that is an absolute dream of a fight for Andraj. And Nami Yunus can really get past Andraj, honestly, at this point in time, I could only see her as the pound for pound king when it comes to the strawweight division, but that's if she gets passed on Josh. Now, let's get on to some good old-fashioned results from this weekend. Now, originally I originally had planned on doing a live, you know, talk, but sadly, knowing myself, I get incredibly lazy around those times of night, um, and because it was so, late, so much later in the night, um, yeah, I just didn't really have the energy to kind of go in, you know, put effort into uh, setting up my podcast or anything. So I didn't do that. But what I am doing now is I am going to simply Google UFC news. I also have my events and stuff already pulled up. So we'll look at the news real quick um, before we go into the results. So a lot of the news is talking about uh, Justin Poirier texting or sending a message on Twitter saying location sent mocking you know Conor McGregor and Khabib when they were having their little uh, you know pissing contest I guess you can call it honestly at this point uh, not really sure what else to talk about not really much happened in news wise I mean all we know is Tony Ferguson is still apparently not ready to fight even though he's very vocal in being ready to fight um, Triple G Triple G has. Left his bo- his original boxing coach. I can't remember what his name is, but they have separated, and his boxing coach is said. Oh yeah, it's A- Abel Sanchez, uh, Abel Sanchez or something like that. I said it's due to greed. Um, he says that uh, Triple G has only is only in it for the money now. Yeah, that's uh, kind of something. I really don't know how to feel about because I feel like, uh, well, duh. I mean, it's boxing. You're you you're either in it for the money or you're not. Um, so yeah. And then we have Hardy saying he is the UFC version of Michael Jordan. Um, yeah, I don't, don't really believe that. I don't think anyone uh, believes that. Now on to the results. We're gonna get to real quick the lesser important results, such as Bellator 220, which I totally forgot was even going to be a thing over the weekend, but it happened. Um, happened almost simultaneously with USP and ESPN, uh, with ESPN Plus eight um, fight night. So yeah, I did not even, I I watched the highlights this morning and I watched the full Benson Henderson fight because holy crap, was a Benson Henderson fight really fun to watch. Um, So yeah, I would say the Benson Henderson versus Adam Piccolotti was a very interesting fight. Um, It ended with a split decision with Benson Henderson being on top. Um, I know he's pretty close to getting a title shot. He's been on, what, I think a two or three fight win streak. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really don't pay attention much more than the light heavyweight and heavyweight divisions of Bellator, which is sad to say because those are the divisions probably no one should care about. But yeah, it's the ones I watch. Um, let's go on to the co-main, which was Lima Lay McFarland versus Zveta Ortega um, um, via TKO, a cut in round three at a minute and 50 seconds. Yeah, not, not surprising. I mean, McFarlane's pretty much been running through all the competition in the flyweight division in Bellator. And man, it'd be so cool to see her go against Shevchenko. I don't really know skill-wise how they can compare, because again, I've only seen two Shevchenko fights. One where she just absolutely dominated opponent, and another where really it was just a stalemate where she was simply on top of. And that would be the Ioana Jacek fight. And then, last but not least, we have the main event with Rory McDonald goes to a majority draw with John Fitch. Now, this is a really interesting fight because John Fitch won on one one of the fight cards or one of the judges' cards by two points. It was a 46-48 John Fitch, and then it was a 47-47 and 47-47 for both of the other two judges. But Rory still got the win. I don't know how to feel about that. It, it was put down as a majority draw, and because Rory has the belt, he goes But he didn't win on, like, Fitch still had more points. You know, if we're we're talking about adding them all up together, you know, each of the, he's still, he's still etched by by two points. So I don't really know how to feel about that. Because John Fitch is not that, you know, um, you know, he's a pretty old guy and, you know, he's definitely not at the top of the division anymore. Um, And it seemed like, and this is how I felt. Roy McDonald from those highlights and I watched like, probably a round or two of the fight, actually, um, once I l- looked at the highlights, it really looked like Rory McDonald was constantly um, pulling his punches. He was constantly hesitating. genuinely, I think his um, his post-fight interview really shows, you know, you know, you look at that post-fight interview and then you look at the fight, you can really see, you know, he was constantly having second thoughts throughout that entire fight. And, you know, I think that's really why Fitch etched out in a majority draw is because Rory really wasn't in the fight. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but that, you know, it was a really odd fight. And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was a, it was a weird thing to feel about. Uh, I really didn't see any other fights. I saw the Phil Davis fight. Don't really have an opinion on that, honestly. Um, but, yeah, so let's go on to the actual cards that matter such as uh, UFC Fight Night 150, or was it 150, or was it, was it 51? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so this fight happened. Um, is ESPN 8 or ESPN 7, one of, the, one of them. It, it was one of them. Uh, but it was a really exciting fight, so we're going to start from the bottom and go up. Um, we're going to start with the... Well, I want to start with a good fight, so let's start with the uh yeah let's start with the Gilbert Burns fight yeah uh this was a really odd fight because it seemed like Mike Davis was doing pretty well against Gilbert Burns um and he was for that entire first round um out striking him out maneuvering him but then in that second round it was like Gilbert Burns told like flipped a switch and was a totally different fighter constantly for the takedown constantly seeking that you know <clears throat> that submission and he, he got it in the end. So, you know, that's him. And then Carla Esparza wins against uh, Verna Genteroba, who honestly was going in this fight very much the favorite, very much likely to win. A 14 and uh, 14 and 1 fighter, and this puts Carla Esparza back in the win column. So, that's cool. Um, That doesn't really mean much, but yeah. And then let's go on to a fight. That was highly contested. That was the Andre Arlovsky versus Augusto Sakai fight. Um, yeah, it went to a decision, which, you know, that's not horrible. But it went to a unanimous decision with Augusto Sakai. And one point I want to make real quick Augusto Sakai did not win that fight. I don't care who says, well, he won the judge's eye, he didn't win that fight. Not in. Anybody that was watching, except for those judges, apparently, you're gonna see that dude did not win that fight. You know, on you know, Arlovski constantly kept getting him with that that cross. Constantly kept landing it. Const- he he out angled Augusto Sakai multiple times, and and that was just like in the first two rounds. He, he was getting you know, Augusto Sakai was getting battered in that third round. I am in complete shock that this somehow went to him um, as a win. Just I'm I'm on I'm for real blown away, like it it blew me away. All right, and let's go to the final fight of the prelim card. That would be <clears> Takashi <throat>, Sato versus Ben Saunders. Yeah, man, Takashi dominated this fight. Um, he dropped Saunders what I think two or three times, um, until he in the first round, and then he dropped him. He clipped him really good in that second round. Uh, ground, and pounded, ground and pounded his way to a win uh, awesome on Takashi Sato definitely want to go back and look at some of his older fights but he, he you know I've said before Ben Saunders isn't really much on the feet anymore um he's a lot more on the ground I've never said that but let's act like I did all right so let's skip the Roosevelt Roberts and Thomas Gifford fight because I was not there for that fight and uh let's talk about the John Laker versus Corey Sandhagen fight now, I did see that the crowd booed this fight. That was crazy. Um, yeah, there's no real reason for them to have booed this fight. This was a very close match, um, and I think everyone kind of says at that point, if you can beat John you Curry, you can you know, beat just about anybody in the Bantamweight division. And yeah, Corey Sanhagen is most definitely a, a real title challenger in the Bantamweight division. I would say he's probably going to take a lot from this fight because he's such a highly improving fighter. He always constantly has close to his match close matches and then he comes back from those matches miles better um, and that I think really should make everyone in the um, band and weight division very scared um, because he just had one of the toughest fights in his career since his first loss um, with John against John Lineker um, and I'm talking about his first fight was not against John first loss was not against John Lineker I'm just simply saying yeah his toughest fight um, in a long time uh, was just now against John Lineker and like I said, Corey Sanhagen learns a lot from his close fights. He learned a lot from his loss. And he came back three, four times better than he was last time. And this close of a match, you know, I can definitely tell you, Hagen is going to be coming back with a, f- with a burning passion and another and on a whole other level of skill. So, yeah, I think the entire Bantamweight division needs to look out. for Garrett Corey Sanhagen. Uh, but yeah, the entire crowd booed the, that decision. It was a very close match. So honestly, I don't feel like people should have booed it. But yeah, you know, um, I watched that fight twice. So I can see why m- people may um, feel like John Laker won that fight. Because man, he did some killer head kicks. Like some incredible head kicks. And I feel like that's probably why people feel like John Laker won that fight. Because he did the flashier moves. which And they landed clean. I'm not saying they, they, were, they were flashy, but... You know, not much other than that. Um, Corey just simply did far more better output. Um, <clears throat> now let's go on to the Glover Teixeira versus Ian Kudablé, Coud, Kudlabe, or whatever you want to call it, fight. Yeah, this was a really good fight. I think this is like <clears throat> Glover Teixeira's second fight in a row. He's won by a rear naked choke. I can't tell you. I'm not I'm not in topology with this. I'm in just Google's results or whatever. But I'm pretty sure this is like his second fight. I think he literally won his last fight, not but a few months ago, or back in February, with a rear naked choke, which is just amazing. This man is seeking out rear naked chokes where anywhere he goes, and that's fine. I think that's perfect, man. You get a dude on the ground. I see people. I see perfect moments. Why I'm like, dude, why does not a person just not use a rear naked choke? I feel like oh, everyone's you know be flashy. Like if you can get a win, get a win, man. And yeah, Glover Teixeira takes my my advice without hearing it and takes it to the tee. I mean, he has so many Runeika Choke wins, and he just is now on a two-fight win streak, and he now just is waiting on <clears throat> the UFC to call him with another fight. He's hoping for a ranked fight, though. Um, yeah, I hope he gets a ranked fight. That'd be really cool. Uh, now on to the next fight. That is Alex Oliveira versus Mike Perry. Yeah, this is an odd fight, because I said going into this fight I wanted Mike Perry to win. I knew Glover Teixeira was going to win his fight, I said I was going for Corey Sandhagen, his fight. I was saying, I said, I think I said Gifford for that fight, but he lost that. Um, I was going for, I think Saunders. I can't remember, man. I might have to go back and watch my podcast to uh, know who I was voting for. But yeah, you know, Mike Perry, I knew was, I I wouldn't say I knew he was going to win, but I really wanted him to win because he's an amazing character and this is his last fight on his contract and he was really trying to petition for a new fight. And man, he got fight of the night. So I'm not doubting he's going to get a new contract. Uh, he, he just took on a very highly skilled opponent. And he I, it definitely shows he has learned so much from that Cerrone uh, fight. He He's really become, um, I would say, very humbled by that fight. Um, he's still such an amazing character. He he puts on such an amazing performance outside of the cage and then puts even a better performance inside of the cage. And I feel like his uh, performance outside of the cage has become something of Less attention on trash-talking his opponents and more attention on simply just being crazy. I mean, he, it's, a, it's a real Diego Sanchez kind of feel um, and or vibe to it. And um, yeah, people were saying, oh, he's the new Diego Sanchez, while Diego Sanchez is still being Diego Sanchez. But Diego Sanchez will always be Diego Sanchez. I just said Diego Sanchez like eight times, so I don't want to say it anymore. But simple enough, I love Mike Perry. I think he has an amazing personality, and he's getting far better with his fights. He's stuck to the basics of this fight, um, even though Alex Oliveira was hopping around the cage like a freaking bunny rabbit. Um, I feel like Mike Perry definitely could have finished him in the first round. I feel like he definitely could have finished him in the third. Um, but there's still stuff he needs to work on. Um, he's not putting as much faith into his right hand like he used to, and that's good. Um, I always thought he always put way too much faith into his uh, right hand, and that's what made him a bad fighter. Um, but Mike Perry seems to really be changing, and uh, yeah, I think I at think this, this point in time, um, a rematch between Alex Bone and Mike Perry would be awesome, or a fight between Darren Till and Mike Perry. And Darren Till really needs to get back on that win column, and Mike Perry definitely wants to get into the ranking, into the top 10 rankings, so I think that's a perfect clash, or um, maybe a fight a little bit closer um, in the lower parts of the rankings for Mike, but he just beat Alex Oliveira, who just recently got beaten by Gunnar Nelson, um, who just got beaten by Leon Edwards. And Gunnar was, I'm pretty sure, t- number 10 in the rankings. So, you know, you, you work something out with one of those fighters. So, obviously, I would say Mike Perry's probably number 11, number 12. Um, not ranked, but in my eyes, he's number 11 or number 12 in the division, um, in the welterweight division right now. So, yeah, he should definitely be fighting some higher-level um, fool. But, yeah, uh, good on platinum Mike Perry. Um, Alex Oliveira seemed to have a way better spirit going into this fight, but as usual, it's just incredibly creepy, incredibly creepy, and always. man, I don't know how to feel about this guy. I never liked him. I always feel like he's been a bit of a cheater. But hey, all right, let's get into the co-main now. I'm gonna make a real quick point here. I'm a big fan of Greg Hardy. Uh, That man follows me on Twitter. That man has liked any post I've mentioned him in. He's such a freaking cool guy. Um, I'm a big fan of Greg Hardy. Um, And I was so pumped when I saw him in this fight. But then, when I watched back the fight, and I watched a few years talk, a few YouTubers talk about this fight, I realized, oh, this was definitely fixed. Especially because Dmitry Samoilov actually trains with Greg Hardy. Um, now I'm not what sh- I'm not sure what UFC card it was. Now let me go back to I think it was UFC three winner, That the final fight was basically fixed. Um, I I won't say that. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it was it was basically f- practically fixed. Um, let me go back. I'm trying to see. Um, <sighs> shoot, I I can't remember, man. I, I'm gonna look through these fights. But there was one where it was. Um, oh yeah, it was it was. Oh no, is that Oleg Takutoro? Uh Shoot, man, uh, I can't remember. Uh, let me go to what was it? Yeah, Oleg Taktarov. Uh, um, he had a uh, he went and did the fight uh, for the main card of. I can't remember what UFC card. I gotta see now, but he fought his training partner. And his training partner basically took a dive and was not fixed. Like it wasn't planned to be fixed, but his, it, you know, his par- his uh, partner who was his training partner, uh, pretty much took a dive for him so he could get the win. Um, and you no, know, it wasn't Dave Monet, It wasn't Marcio Ruiz. I trying to see because Anthony Messiah... I think it was. I can't remember. I think it was Anthony Messias. um, Shoot, I'm trying to think. Dave Monet. Ah, that's not Dave Monet. That's Dave Bental. Whatever, some some crap like that. Uh, yeah, but his opponent, who he fought, uh, and he beat him. Uh, yeah, he beat his his opponent. His opponent, who I like to say, just training part, basically just took a dive. Um. <laughs> You know, he knew that, you know, Oleg is amazing on the ground, and his opponent was like a Muay Thai fighter, and this Muay Thai fighter never goes for takedowns, and instantly went for a takedown, and just got straight up guillotined. And I wish I knew his name, I wish I knew what UFC card it was, It's one of the first ten, and yeah, the fight was pretty sure one of the quickest submissions in UFC history, Um, it only took eight seconds for it to happen, and Oleg did it. And was extremely pissed at his training partner because he knew that dude basically just took that L and gave him no challenge because he wanted Oleg to go into the, to the final rounds. And that was because apparently someone told Oleg's training partner, hey, take a dive and we'll pay you. Um, but yeah, that happened. And when I saw Greg Hardy just outright finish his Russian friend, it very much reminded me of that it very much reminded me of, oh, he basically just took a dive for his training partner to get an awesome win. Um, and I think, and yeah, even Dana White called him out. Uh, Dimitri called him out. It was like, dude, who's those nine guys he beat? I want to know because obviously they were trash um, because, you know, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the main event. And the main event which I feel like should have gotten fight of the night. I think it's cool that uh, Alex Oliver and Mike Perry got fight of the night because that was a really good fight. But man, the main event was just so much better for a list of reasons. Uh, <clears throat> so it was a unanimous misi- unanimous decision with Jackie Manza coming on top. And as I said in my podcast, this is the decision I remembered saying other than the Greg Hardy. This is like this is like the fight I knew hundred percent it could go either way, and man, did it go either way, I put my cards in Sosa, but I said on the down low, if Hermanson wins, let's act like I was going for him the entire time, so yes, I was going for Jack Hermanson the entire time, I knew the Joker would win, absolutely, I I didn't have this planned at all, yeah, I really didn't know who was going to win this fight, because I really wanted Hermanson to win, but I just was like, man, I don't know, Sosa has like that that fire going into this fight, and then I watched like everything building up to that fight on that day, I was like, Never mind. Soza looks like he's totally out of it, and he doesn't even want to be here. And holy crap, was I right? Um, man, Soza was out of it in this fight. He was doing amazing body shots throughout those first four rounds, and then he's like, hey, guess what? You know that thing that totally is going to help me win the fifth round? Yeah, I don't I don't know how to do that anymore. Just stopped doing bo- body shots. And Hermanson has holes. Absolutely has holes. And body shots, I would definitely say, is Hermanson hole. Is a, a hole. Souza was exploiting, and then he just stopped exploiting it. It's not like Hermanson changed anything up. He was doing everything the same. Sosa just stopped doing body shots. I'm like, what? Not like that. Sosa never went for a takedown. That also shocked me. He never went for He just wanted to box. What? It seemed like Sosa for a while, there too constantly kept searching for that right hand, constantly was waiting on Hermanson to make a mistake, and then was like, boom, going to catch him. And Soza even underestimated Hermanson's reach. Um, once Hermanson got in that pocket in that first round, he he uh, dropped Soza, and it shocked Soza. I mean, he almost had Soza in a guillotine. But again, Soza, you know, is uh, the grappling god for a reason and was able to get out of that guillotine. Even though it was very well sunk, he was able to get out of it quite well. So that's cool for Soza. But sucks because he was basically guaranteed a title shot with this, uh, with this fight um, if he had won it. But he's not winning it now. We just get Jack Hermanson going up the rankings. I mean, he just beat the number four best, and he was number ten, um, or not ranked, whatever you want to call it. Technically, they had him down as number ten, so that's what I'm gonna say he was. Yeah, I definitely say put him up as number five, number six. But you gotta throw down Souza, put some people above Hermanson. I don't think Hermanson needs to go right to four. Um, he, I mean, you could put him there. But Hermanson says he really doesn't want to fight until October. Well, he didn't say he doesn't want to fight, but he says he really wants to fight in the October card. Um, and I feel like, yeah, he definitely earned it. He, he literally fought not but two weeks before or this fight. And then they were like, hey. And he was going to go spend time with his family. And they called him up like, hey, you want to do this fight? And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll take the fight. And holy crap, if this is what he can do with very little time, think about what this man has can do with now a full fight camp. I mean he did amazingly in five rounds. I mean his cardio was amazing. And this is his first five-round fight. He, he definitely, you know, the more five rounds fights he does, um, he wants to say he wants to do the main card for October, which would be awesome. I think he definitely deserves to have the main card for the, for October. They definitely don't need really to be putting him in three-round fights um because his cardio is immaculate, especially for two weeks worth of training. His cardio is still immaculate. So yeah, I really can't wait to see Jack Hermanson uh, fight in the rankings. Um, I think the really, as anyone I think really talked about, the only real challenge I see for anybody against Hermanson would be like Adesanya. Adesanya, I feel like, would beat the crap out of Hermanson. But Hermanson versus Yoel or Costa, very good fights. I think he would beat Costa quite easily, and I believe he could survive Hermanson. I don't know if he could beat him, but I think he can, I don't think. He, I think, well, I said that wrong. Uh, I think Hermanson can survive Romero like Whitaker did. And I think a win against Romero would be great on Jack Hermanson. It would definitely show he has the capabilities of fighting the top ranked fighters. I know they really want to do the Paulo Costa fight, but I mean, he just got, what, six months banned. So he's not even going to be ready until like, what, August or something like that. I guess they're really pushing for that fight. But I think at this point, they really should push for a Hermanson versus, uh, Romero fight, be an awesome fight. And if Hermanson comes out in that fight on top, uh, comes out of that fight on top, uh, you can give him Costa. Don't think it's really going to matter because Costa is like a third of what Romero is. So, I mean, you know, if he, if Hermanson can beat, uh, Romero, he can most certainly beat Costa. I think he could even finish Costa. I think most people in the top five rankings could beat Costa, um, with little to no effort, but that's just my opinion. Um, I think, yeah, I honestly think Souza could be Costa, but yeah, you know, Souza's about to be turned forty, so you know, should he do more fights or should he just retire? That's really just up to anybody. I really think he would have gotten finished again by Whitaker, or at least beaten by Whitaker. But yeah, that was the fight card from this weekend. Yeah, that, that's uh, basically my opinions on it. I know I rambled on for a bit, but hey, I think that's what makes my podcasts pretty cool. Uh, this water bottle is also extremely loud. I do not know why it is. All right, so let's get on to some foreign news. Um, mainly because I just want to talk about some foreign news because I'm big on K1. So we got K1 coming up Is it this weekend? No, it's the 18th, sorry trying to see what fights we got um we had a fight on the 19th that would be last saturday that'd be during the alistair and Olinic fight yawn <coughs> um that was k1 crush fight 100 i know i talked about that was a big fight let's look at the results even if nobody really cares so Let me see. Do they start? Okay, so this is a bit reversed. Sorry. So let's start with the first prelim fight, which is Yuta Shibata versus Shinohara Hirokai. Uh, So I'm going to simply say this is I uh, have not watched this card yet. Um, I'm always so far behind when it comes to K1 Crush fights. I'm on like K1 Crush 95. Like I am. Five, car- five cards behind this fight. I should talk about that one, but I'm not. I'm just going to talk about the results of this one. Um, well, I'll try to catch up eventually because like two, three weeks ago, I was like on 86. So I'm catching up. So the next fight. Okay, yeah. So that fight ended because both got disqualified um, because neither wanted to fight. Okay. Uh, next on the preliminary fight would be a lightweight match against Kojima Daikai versus Terashima. Terashima Hikaru. Um, this was a fight that ended with a KO into the second round, 43 seconds in. Um, I can watch the video if I want. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to. Uh, next to the preliminary fights, we had Sugawara Miyu versus Nobani Michiko. Um, this fight ended in ko in the third round by one minute and eight seconds, um, with Sigaro Miyu getting knocked out. And like the last fight, Kojima Daiki um, getting knocked out. Now let's go on to the First main card? Holy oh, crap. No, no, no. This is called the first game fight. First game. I don't know. Poor translation. It was Hirayama Jin versus Tekuchi Yuki. Uh, this was a lightweight bout ending in a KO two in round two at 1 minute 46 seconds. I swear, most kickboxing matches end in a KO, honestly, with uh, Hirayama Jin knocking out Tekuchi Yuki. And next fight in the card was a... Oh, shoot. Featherweight, a super featherweight fight um, with one... Is that right? No, just in the third round, yeah. So it was Ito Kento versus Yuya. Um, this fight ended in a KO. In the third round, two minutes and 30 seconds into it with Ito Kento knocking out Yuya. And then we'll go... We'll, I'll try to kind of fix this as I go along. So <clears throat> third match would be Mr. Yo... Mr. Ayashi beat... Hideo, Hideo Kiwara by uh, decision, unanimous, unanimous decision, 28-30, 27-30, 26-30. So quite quite defiantly. Um, that would be in the bent weight division. All right, in the featherweight division, um, we had Tekahiro, Tekahiro knocked out Miwa Yuki in the first round in two minutes and 30 seconds into it. And to the fifth fight, of The night it would be Tatsuya Kawara knocking. Wait, no, I'm no, sorry, Tatsuya Kawara uh winning by decision against Ryuto Ryoto. Um, with the fight with the cards being 30 28, 29 29, 30 28. Then the sixth fight we have Yamagiwa Kazuki versus Ozimu Sho. Um, uh, Yamagiwa knocked out uh Sho. By KO in the third round, 2 minutes, 20 seconds, 22 seconds into it. Tetsu Tetsu knocked out. Izawa Namido, um, well, need didn't knock him out, sorry. He beat him by decision. 29-30, 29-30, 29-30. The semifinal of the night for the welterweight uh, tournament that they have going on is Matsuko Riki versus Makahiri Keitei. That that tournament's still going on. Like, I I'm on, like, 95, which is back in December, I did not know that was still going on. They tend to go through tournaments pretty quickly, so... Anyway, uh, Riki defeated uh, Mikahira KT by decision, uh, 27-29, 27-30, 27-29. And the main event of the night, which was a bantamweight title match um, of Koki versus Yuwa Wile Sakale Junya Wakarisha. Okay, that's a really long name. I'm not finishing it. this was the ninth fight of the night. Um, it ended by decision with the, f- the dominant champion winning once again by decision. Like I said, 30 26, 30 26, 30 26. Quite dominantly, it looks like. Um, again, I'm going to try to get better at doing <coughs> foreign cards. I feel like I just botched that entire thing. But hey, we're trying it out. So, yeah, somebody tell me, send me a message or something. Tell me, hey, don't do that. You're not good at that. Um, I'll probably fix it on my own, though, because I I could just tell saying that all, that that was trash. But yeah, that was two weeks ago, so I'm already behind behind the power curve, but it's not like really anyone else talks about foreign news. So that is all for the past events um, for the last few weeks, uh, foreign, and then last weekend on Saturday's card. I wanted to do a live card. I said that at the very beginning of this podcast. I wanted to do a live card. On Saturday. Man, I get so bored. And when I get bored, I get lazy. And when I get lazy, I just don't want to do a podcast. So I didn't do a podcast. And I, so I just didn't do a live card or live yeah, card talk or whatever. I don't know why I'm saying card. But I like the word card, I guess. So yeah, there's that. <clears throat> All right. So let's get on to the next List of stuff I'm gonna talk about, and that would be Yakita versus Cowboy. All right, so this is gonna be the last thing I'm gonna talk about tonight before I head off to bed. You know, because I'm 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 tired. I got school tomorrow. All right. Um. So let's start from the bottom because we're here because we're we're at the bottom. Um, but I'm gonna start at a card of people I know. Darn, if only i knew so this is a very this is a very top hobby card um Walt Harris all right cool that's a name i reckon oh andrew said no i don't know that name actually uh Walt Harris cool i recognize that name uh Walt Har- Walt Harris uh, heavyweight fighter i know that is fighting sergey spivav um yeah that's interesting that's really cool i don't i mean i know Walt Harris because i recognize his name I don't know if I've ever actually seen one of his fights. I say this all. Man. Let me see who he has fought. And Oh, yeah, so Walt Harris is the dude that just recently beat Andre Arlovsky. Um, this guy has lost to Daniel Spitz. Uh, well, actually, not lost. He's His last two fights were wins against Andre Arlovsky and Daniel Spitz. Not high-level fighters, but cool. Um, his last two losses after that go to Mark Godbeer. Godbeer, that's a very interesting name. Um, He lost by an illegal kick in the first round. That really sucks. And then he lost to Fabrizio Verdum by a first-round, first-minute armbar. That's just... That's depressing. Yeah, hopefully he can bounce back. Because he's currently currently on a two-fight win streak. Maybe he can continue that streak against Sergei Spivav. Spavav, that's a very interesting name. Uh, how is Spivav doing? Yeah, I mean... He's undefeated, so he's not. No, that doesn't mean a lot when it comes to heavyweights. So we'll see how long that record kind of lasts. Uh, moving up, we gonna we're gonna skip that band of weight card because I don't know that band of weight card. We're gonna go to Cub Swanson versus Shane Burgos. All right, cool. This is a fight I'm actually quite excited for, because um, man, I've been dying to see Cub Swanson fight again. I just love Cub Swanson. I love his fighting style. Um, man's such a fucking man, such a fucking killer. I just love I love watching him fight, man. Anytime he fights, he he fights with his heart in the ring. Uh, you know. Uh, <clears throat> man's on a currently currently a three fight losing streak, which is honestly a bummer. Um he lost to last Renato Moisano. Before that he lost to Frankie Edgar, and before that he lost to Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega also went on to beat Frankie Edgar again. So yeah. Um oh yeah. He, he lost to Frankie Edgar by unanimous decision. I thought he lost to, I thought he finished him. Um, a few cards back. I guess not. Huh. Interesting. Actually, I really did think he finished. Huh. That actually shocked me. Um, Yeah, but Frank Edgar beaten uh, Kev Sonson two, three, four times, honestly. It's, it's it's almost too many to count at this point. But, yeah, he fights at Jackson Wink. So, you know, there's that. But, yeah, I think, you know, he's coming off, you know, an incredible, incredible three-fight losing week so against literally – The fourth ranked, the fifth ranked, and the second, and the second or first ranked in the division. I mean, literally, all this man would have had to do is just fight Jose Aldo before fighting Ortega, and he would have had a 4 lot fight losing streak. Um I think he's definitely coming into this fight, really trying to redeem himself, if he's a smart fighter, because he's still in the top ten. He's most he can still most definitely redeem himself. And I do hope he is coming in with that feeling against Shane Burgos, who I've heard of, never f- never seen him fight, though. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and he's fought Calvin Cotter. Oh, okay, he's that fool that beat Calvin Cotter back. Oh, no, he didn't He didn't beat him. Never mind. This is not the fool that I thought beat Calvin Cotter. Who did Calvin Cotter? I know Calvin Cotter just got beat recently. Yeah, Renato Moisano. <laughs> That's it. That's the guy. That's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Anyway. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but he recently beat Kurt Holobog. Hmm. Burgers. It's not looking very bright for you, man. So yeah, he had. They're both. You know, I think Shane Burgers really kind of continue his fight streak because again, he's on. He's on. He's on in one win. Um, but Cum Swanson is on a three-fight losing streak. I mean, honestly, the for me personally, you could say. The only way for Cub Swanson right now is up. No, he can still go down. He's still in the top 10. There's still so much more left before rock bottom for Cub Swanson. Um, So if he has that feeling, then he should definitely fight to live, to bring himself back from the dead. I mean, he's not that old, is he? I'm pretty sure he's not that old. How old is he? He's 35. I mean, yeah, he's going into his twilight years. Definitely still time to keep himself relevant in the division, though. But yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, talk about who I'm gonna think is gonna win these fights later. Uh, after that, we have Derek Brunson versus uh, Elias the Dro, De- 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 I don't know how to say that. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, shoot, give me a second. Sorry. Yes, this man is on a three-fight winning streak. Elias the Dro. Um, definitely trying to get into that big time division. His last fight being a split decision against Eric Anders, which Eric Anders just got dominated by Kalu Roundtree. So, in my opinion, that doesn't mean much. But that's also in a completely different division. Um, so, I think Elias Drow definitely could show himself to be a high level fighter against Derek Brunson. But again, we already know how good the top five ranking in the middleweight division are, and we sh- we we got shown. How currently the interim champ handled uh, Derek Brunson? He, he easily with his eyes closed. That's that's how he handled Derek Brunson. So uh, yeah, if uh, if uh, the Dro can one up uh, Adesanya, I'll be a uh, yeah, I'll jump on his hype train. And if any other way, if he can just simply beat him, I'd also still be impressed. So yeah. And Derek Brunson, honestly, has just immaculate wrestling. So, really, I think that's the only thing uh, Elias has to fear going into that fight. Um, or, you know, I guess you can fear striking. Derek Brunson has heavy hands, but, um, you know, really depends on your arm arm reach. And then we have the main event. And I'm just going to start with this fight, then start picking my winners for these fights as I go down. Um, so, Al Kinta versus Donald Cerrone. Oh... <sighs> Man, this is a hard fight, because I love both of these guys. Man, I really want Donald Sorrentino to go on a win streak, but let's be honest. Let's be really honest. He's not winning this fight. He really isn't. You know, no matter how many times he tells everybody, I, I have a purpose now. I, I There's a reason why I want to fight now, you know, because of his kid or whatever. Which is cool. That's awesome. Um... Yeah, I don't know if that really means much for when you're fighting probably one of the best kickboxers in the lightweight division in Al Ayakunta. Um, And then the second best kickboxer in the division, probably Donald Cerrone. Uh, But I think it's to say that he is top five, you know, top five lightweight quality is laughable. It is, that is, (coughs) that is seriously a joke, right? Kevin Lee could beat this man. But hey, you never know. They are both incredibly good fighters. Uh, Donald Cerrone is incredible in the clinch. Something we know, Ally Quinta is just, you know, he is weak in the clinch. So if there's anything Donald Cerrone can definitely exploit, it's the clinch when it comes to the to their standing game. When it comes to the ground game, yeah, Donald Cerrone takes it by the freaking bullhorns and will dominate that fight if he can get to the ground and submit Ally Quinta. But Ally Quinta is also... An animal. He is a pure animal. You hit him, he hits hard, He hits harder. You keep hitting him, he just wants to keep fighting. He loves it. He lives it. He's insane. He's an insane person. He's mentally crazy. So, you know, if Donald Cerrone can survive the insanity and finish Ally Iaquinta, or simply survive Ally Iaquinta, I'll be immensely impressed by Donald Cerrone's performance. Um... So I'm really going to be very biased when I give these decisions because these are people I want to see win. doesn't matter really if they're even good. I'm just saying these are my picks. So let me go into the topology picks because I didn't do that with the last fight card and I really should have because it makes it a lot easier to remember and I don't have to rewatch my podcast three or four times for multiple different reasons. So I like when Donald Cerrone, I'm going to go with Donald Cerrone with a submission in the second round. I really just think that's how it's going to end. I think if I think Cerrone's going to realize, oh, I can't beat this dude on the feet, and he's just going to submit him on the ground. Um, do I think Cerrone is going to be able to beat anybody else in the top five rankings in the lightweight division? Absolutely not. Everyone else in this division will starch Cerrone. But I believe he does have a very good chance in submitting Al Iaquenta. Uh, now let's go to Derek Brunson versus Elias Theodro. Now Derek Brunson has amazing wrestling. Elias has okay takedown defense, um, but they both have very heavy hands, and they both um, are big. You know they they like to brawl. They like to brawl. Um, but I would have to simply go with this fight. I'm gonna have to go with Derek Brunson, and I'm gonna have to go with a decision because Elias has an amazing chin on him. So you know there's that. And with the next fight, I'm gonna have to go with Cub Swanson. By decision. Um, I just don't think he's going to finish Shane Burgos. But I just don't think he's going to get finished by Shane Burgos. Um, I don't know that fight. So I'm going to skip it. Walt Harris. We're just going to. I'm going to honestly go with. uh, Should I go with Walt Harris? No. I'm going to go with the the new up-and-comer. Sergey Pivak. Pivak? Pivak. Whoa. They, they They threw me a loop. They changed his name. What the hell? Yeah, I'm going to go with a 1st round TKO, or KO, whatever. Um, yeah, not really anyone else I'm going to talk about on this card. I'll talk about, if there is anybody I'm going to talk about on this card. Hey, it'll be some other time. So, other than that, that is all I got for this video today, guys. I know my podcasts are kind of becoming a little bit more haywire. Um, it's really because I'm trying to become more comfortable when doing this podcast, um, so... Bear with me as I make this transition to a more comfortable kind of um, setting with my podcast and I become just simply better with the system. Um, so once I get more comfortable, I can start structuring it a lot better. Um, but yeah, other than that, I hope everyone has an amazing day, night, whenever you're listening to this. I, I really don't know. People are crazy this, this time of day or night. Again, I don't know. Yep. Everyone, take care. I will see you guys probably this weekend. Probably not this weekend. It really depends, um, because if I start a podcast when the the fights and such are going on, it'll be on for hours. So it'll be a really long podcast. I'm probably just gonna do what I did with the Poirier fight. I'm just gonna start. with probably. I'm just gonna start the podcast whenever the co-main or the main event start. <clears throat> because man, I would tell you right now. They're going to get me excited and going to give me my heart racing. Woo. So, yeah, we'll see. Other than that, guys, take care.